Anyway, what up, what up, what up, man? Y'all back. Another installment of the Poet Up Podcast. It's your boy, Maul Chi, a.k.a. A Tribe Called Maul, a.k.a. Uh, like Water for Chocolate, mm. a.k.a. I Be Beating Niggas Up, mm. and mm. a.k.a. Um, um, I'm on the low end theory. Ah. And we're here with... Uh, Jay Ward, a.k.a. Yellowstone, a.k.a. Youth Enticing Ladies Loving Only Women, <laughs> Sophisticated Teacher of Nubian Education, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> Rewind selector. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> AKA Lucifer, Lucifer, son of the morning. I'm going to chase you out of earth. AKA Jay Weezy, you did it again. You a genius nigga. AKA. Let's get this popping. What's up, Blues? That's me, uh, your boy Blues. Uh, just once again, happy to be here <laughs> with, uh, with all these fellas with so many monikers. And. Uh, I'm happy to be here with my face on a cup. Face on cool. the cup, nigga. Listen, I keep telling y'all, uh, when you guys tune in, it's always an upgrade around here. So, shouts out to our, uh, what's Toya? She's like our Loki shadow producer <laughs> slash, slash house manager <laughs> slash, <laughs> like when you show up to the studio, a.k.a. the crib, a.k.a. <laughs> the dungeon or whatever you want to call it. So, she is an arts and craft master. I didn't even know this is a thing you could do at the crib, but we have our own poet up glasses and decanter. And decanter. Yeah. Uh, for all y'all niggas, it's a jug that you put your liquor in. <laughs> <laughs> we but, uh, should definitely. Yeah, this is amazing. This is done by uh, a more noir CLT. We Say should do, yet? we should do an episode live from Southern fried and Ooh. have poet punch in the decanter. Ah, I like it. That would be amazing. Would uh, be. Louisville. Let's do that. Yeah, it's on and popping. We need to. Fuck uh, why you're talking about it. Listen, I had a great idea. I don't want to say it out here on the air, but do it. Louisville 2021. You're gonna see pulled up podcast. We're gonna figure that thing out. Um, yeah. So, fellas, how you been? I've been good. Yeah. Yeah. Chilling at the house. Pandemic and. How about you? I've been. Uh, I've been good. I've been. I've been pushing the back forty with my <laughs> mule and my buckhead. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know. Uh, okay, listen. Uh, first of all, if y'all for, y'all can't see what's happening right now, but J War's hair is out of control, but <laughs> still has like a temple fade sort of. So it's like <laughs> it's like he uses that sponge brush at the crib, and then those golden clippers that they sell you on Facebook wish <laughs> to tighten up shit. So he's got his he's got his uh his pandemic hair situation going. Uh, Malchi's got the beard growing out. And I'm I'm just wearing Vans hats at this moment in time, but I hope everybody's taking up their grooming seriously um, enough to be. This is a long way to lead into this. If you're trying to be somebody's side piece for a little while, let's talk entanglements. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I see. I see what you did. Yeah. Hair into entanglements. Yes. I got it. Okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So it was it was a long way to get there, but we got there. Your man August Alcina has responded, I guess. Yeah. To. The Red Table Talk, as if to say, I'm not done with you yet, Jada. <laughs> <laughs> have y'all heard this song? I have. I have not, I I have not heard it. I, I, I kind of sort of refuse to listen to it. Um, yeah, so, so it's, it's what you would expect yeah. with one unexpected thing. It's, the chorus is something like um, the definition of entanglement is being tangled in the sheets. Yeah, right. That, yeah. That's, it. that's um, it. So, But you would expect this kind of a... Not necessarily a clapback, 
but kind of a clapback. <laughs> I feel like it's the equivalent of the young nigga showing up at your crib and you told him stop coming around here and your husband's home this time and he's like, you gonna talk to me outside kind of thing? Like, yeah. uh, nah, <laughs> I need you to get the fuck off my lawn. But he was like, no, I'm going right into the studio. Rick Ross is gonna help me out and I'm responding, Jay. To me, this is the unexpected thing. Right. The fact that someone of Rick Ross's caliber would jump on to co-sign a very, very... This is a very, very personal issue. A very, very personal clapback. Like, the idea that Rick Ross would jump on it to co-sign and be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> give, <laughs> August, give August his due. Like, what? Yeah, I feel like that's, a, like that's a COVID move, too. Like, a lot of people have been real quiet. You haven't heard much from... Uh, the Migos and what's her name? Um, yeah, I've already forgotten her name. Cardi. Yeah, you haven't heard Barty. much from Cardi. The last thing you heard from Cardi B was when that guy remixed her uh, coronavirus. Like that's oh. the last major thing you heard from her. So Rick Ross is probably like, "Yo, <laughs> I will jump all over this. I'll probably do this for free just to keep my, just to keep my name <laughs> just out to just. keep my name out there." And the song, it's catchy. That's the part. It is. That, yeah. It's catchy as hell. So yeah, Jamal, just avoid it at all costs because. It's baby. It's gonna baby shark your way into it into your life. Oh, if you're Lord. Will Smith, do you respond or do you sit back? Do you let the public sympathy come in or do you risk your own entanglement situation coming out? Can I can I level up? Yeah. If you're Will Smith, do you get Jaden to help you? Oh, <laughs> Let's triple down. Do you get Willow to sing the hook? Right. Like, yeah, mom. Fuck August. <laughs> I mean, if if I'm Will Smith, I'm like. I'm worth a half a billion dollars, so fuck you. He's not required to do anything. Right. Like public That's sympathy true. is in his favor. Right. He's not required to do anything. But also, as a man and as a former rapper, something has to something has to There's there's some sort of response that's gotta be here. If I'm Will Smith and I've got money to burn, I would make like a reenactment of the whole thing. And I don't know if I would clown August. I'd have someone just playing uh, the worst August Wilson. August Wilson. August. <laughs> That's a different type. Tarnish August. August, August Alcina character. And then, you know, I'd play like the super, like something we channel would do, like taking a story and making it over dramatic <laughs> just because I could. Like, I would be like, listen, this is what y'all want. Y'all want a reenactment of this whole thing? I'll give you one and then just give you the worst uh, a reenactment of it all. But, you're right. Will doesn't have to respond. I mean, he could. If he, again, he has to be like bored though, like yeah, or busy not fucking someone else. He, right, right. <laughs> he doesn't necessarily have anything to gain from responding, other than his satisfying his own ego. He doesn't really have anything to gain. Yeah, oh, unless he makes like a whole album and then just like I did a whole album in response to this whole shit. Eh. He could get together with Joyner Lucas. I'm sure Joyner Lucas would have some very good ideas about how to make an album, not an album, but like a visual video, visual video, visual, video's already visual, but to make a, to make a song and video um, in response. Yeah. Like a narrative. I just, I don't think it's worth it for him. And, and I, I guarantee there's at least three or four entanglement situ scenarios where right. people are just waiting for him to say something. Yeah. Uh, that's probably that's probably why he's like, you know what, we're we're even. <laughs> I said I was gonna get you back just I so I can make sure I said it, so people heard me say it. But we both know, ah, <laughs> I fucked up first. <laughs> so <laughs> you even right now, but let that be the last time. I I think part of it too is like 
Will probably never did dirt at the crib. I feel like August was fucking in his bed. Ooh. And that might be the part that, that's got him fucked up. Like, did you fuck this nigga in my bed? Right. Like, we had this agreement. Yeah. We got this big ass house. Right. Anywhere but my bed. And she was probably like, I feel like Jade is the kind of person that <laughs> when she wants to be real, real mean, she can. <laughs> so she'll probably, like, in an argument, she'll be like, Summertime was a fucking flop. No one really liked that song. She's like, <laughs> like your acting is terrible. Remember that part where you cried with Uncle Phil? Didn't believe it. Like, Jada, why are you being so mean? Be like, and, and I fucked August in your bed. <laughs> but don't they have, like, like rumor mill, right? Don't they have like this notoriously open relationship though? That's what I'm that's, saying. That's I what think they say. I think Will might have violated. Like I was talking with someone earlier today. Robin Thicke violated. Like him and what was his wife's name? Uh, 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 Ooh, wow. boy. She was uh, a beautiful Patton. woman. Um, Paula Pat. Paula, Paula Patton. Patton. That's what it is. I believe they had an agreement or a situation similar where they were both engaged or entangled with a woman, the same woman. And it was agreed upon, like, if they were going to do it, they would do that together with that woman. And then Robin was, like, doing extra shit with the same woman. So I think he violated. I think Will violated maybe mm. more than once. Like, there might have been an agreement. This is what you can do because you're a mega superstar. I'm a mega superstar. And there's some shit that we just want. And we can be different because we're rich. Whatever. And I think we'll probably fuck that up a couple times. And mm. she was like, listen, I'm going to let that shit slide because we're, we're, we're in this thing and we're going to communicate. But stop fucking up. Yeah. And we'll fucked up one morning one, and one too many times. And Jay was like, all right. <laughs> Jaden, call August. See if he want to come have barbecue. <laughs> and then... Poor little August came over there, <laughs> wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, <laughs> crush on his friend's mom, and then she was like, she knew it. She was like, I'm about to fuck this nigga's world up. Well, and, and here's here's the angle that Will Smith could take, if he decided to do it, right? Like, what what looks really bad right now, what, what, what makes Will look bad right now is that this wasn't a one-time thing and it wasn't a physical thing. Mm. August is like, no, I was in love. Right. No, this is the first time I've ever been in love. I've right. never loved a woman like this before ever. And knowing that it was not just physical is like, that's like a hit. You're like, yo, on my watch, she fell in love with another man. However, what will, the angle that will could take is, yeah, you fell in love, but look where she at. You, <laughs> you, you poured your heart out. You never felt so alive, but look Yikes. where you're at. And that's the angle he could take. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that, and that, and that's the part where niggas get murdered, like <laughs> because August can't handle that kind of fucking truth, and he's like, "I love her so much," and then he just again shows up at the crib, and yo, what are you doing here? And then you know, I, I'm not even gonna put that in the atmosphere. Let's 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 stop that right there. But that's how shit gets messy super yeah. fast because he fell in love. Y'all ever fall in love with an older woman? Y'all ever been with an older lady? <laughs> Hmm. I haven't. I was I was almost exclusively uh attracted to older women until I hit a certain age. Right. Yeah. When I was 17, I was dealing with like a 24-year-old. And bruh, <laughs> my nose was wide open. <laughs> like wide open. So I I kind of get it. Like you're enamored, you feel a certain way because you you feel like you're on her level. She's an older woman, sophisticated woman, and whatever you've done or have been doing. She likes it. So you're like, yeah, this is what being cared for feels like. And you you fall in deep. She's old enough to have been in the game for a while. And you're like, all right. Yeah. 
I'm gonna use your little young energy and then I'm done. Like <laughs> right. that's 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 a crazy situation. And Jada's like what? Forty eight. Yeah, I think she's either forty seven or forty eight. And <laughs> and if we base if we base everything off off of her mother, because we've all seen Jada's mom. And I was even like, listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> I like older women, but I will, I will, I will cross that AARP level for you. <laughs> listen, man, Miss Pinky, I tell you what, and I will come over there and help you clean them greens for I swear to God, what's in your crock pot? <laughs> oh. Um, all right, question that is kind of off this topic. It might be an entanglement question. I have no idea. All right, keep going. I don't know what's happening. With the Megan the Stallion situation and Tory Lanez, other than this, she was shot in the toe. Were they were they like watching Harlem Nights, and then something popped off? Like what? <laughs> what? I just made a post about because the the someone posted like the funny thing about it is a woman was shot, and the only thing trending was uh, Tory Lanez's height. I think the guy's like five three. Like he's a very small man. Oh, um, man. But I think what was happening was she she was getting, they had an argument and she was getting out of the car and he was like, fuck that. And took shots at her. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to turn into, oh, he had the gun and the gun fell and went off. But in this day and age, guns just don't go off like that anymore. But yeah, he 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 shot her, dude. Like, he shot her. It, be it the toe, <laughs> be it the pinky toe, or wherever. <laughs> Nigga, you, you shot at a woman, like, because... She wanted to get she out of the gonna, car. She was gonna beat That's you up. crazy. That's whack, though. right? That's but, super whack. And made me think about Chris Brown. <clears throat> yeah, Rihanna was in the car, so whatever. Like, there's, there's still no excuses, especially if it's just verbal. Like, if a woman is berating you verbally, you should be able to handle that. Like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, if, you, and go ahead. Sorry. And if you can't, like, you can leave. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like it, it's that's what I'm talking about. Like. No matter how bad it gets, as long as she never puts her hands on you, she could go off. She could go off about your mama, her kids, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Let her let her go off. Just don't shoot her. Like right. There's no excuse after that. I, I have to I have to believe. And again, I haven't read anything or watched anything, so I could be totally wrong. But like just listening to the the circumstances, I would have to believe that his thought process was that he was going to shoot to scare her. And then accidentally hit, hit her in the foot and then ran. But either way, like, why why are you pulling the gun out for something like that? That's stupid. That's, that's Which, just really dumb. And that would tell me that you're not the gangster nigga you thought you At were. All. Because have you ever shot a gun? You know how loud that shit is? Yeah. Do you know how loud that shit is in a car? car? Yeah. I've shot a gun from a car. That was the worst mistake <laughs> of my fucking life. I was like, yo, I did not realize how loud it was going to be, but... You're right. Like to pull a gun in a car and think you're going to scare someone and then the shit go off is stupid all the way around. Like just be like, yo, listen. Which means you're the one that was scared. Right. Basically. Right. And I know why he carries a gun. He's a very small man. I was about to say. So He's maybe small. he was like And that's no that's no it's no it's no take on short people. <laughs> I see you out there. But I'm He's cutting of, his eyes at me later. I mean, and that's, it's not, Jay Ward, you it's you not. you make the cut though. Like you make the cut between short nigga and tall nigga because you're super smart 
And also, <laughs> wait a minute. That sounds so <laughs> condescending. Look, 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 it's a compliment sandwich. It's a compliment sandwich. I'm not done. I'm not done. I gotta add. I gotta add a lettuce, tomato, and cheese in there. Before I, ah, but I'm just saying. Am I um, ugly? Listen, your personality is so crazy. amazing. You know how amazing your personality is, and you dress so nice. I can't. I don't know anybody who dresses as well as you do. But am I ugly? <laughs> That's what I like about you. Define ugly. Right, right. Define ugly. You are. So, what you say? You ugly. always ask these important questions. That's what I love about you. You're inquisitive. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um, yeah, so that's that's crazy. Like shout out to anybody who still and there's motherfuckers defending him like Yeah, yeah we cool. shooting bitches for the summer. Like no. what? <laughs> hey man, I don't understand. I guess Tupac was right. We made a race of babies that hate the ladies who make the babies. That's crazy. And then very confusing coming from him sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's made some really weird he's also the one that <laughs> Threatened, didn't he threaten little Kim at the end of a song or some shit? He did. First of all, I fucked your wife. Like, <laughs> yeah, first of all, fuck, yeah, fuck, yeah. All right, all right, there's that. <laughs> so, isn't, uh, would that make, everybody always argues who the, the new Tupac is, would that make J. Cole the new Tupac? The, the, <laughs> the inspiring messages, but then like the life behind the scenes that doesn't necessarily live to that? What, what? Him or Talib Kweli. <laughs> 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 that's, oh. that's very new recent events. Oh. I don't know, maybe J. Cole, but J. Cole, like, to me, J. Cole is always, like, all of his raps are always about, like, women. Like, it's always about fucking or doing something. Like, all it's, it's, every album is about him cheating, getting found out, and then being remorseful. Yeah. Like a Drake. Well, no, Drake's Drake's albums are. Well, he can't. They don't want. Not- <laughs> I said they don't want us to be together. They don't want to see me happy. They don't want to see you happy. I can't handle this. I'm Drake. So so Sharice and I went to uh to Myrtle Beach like for a quick weekend getaway. Oh Ooh. shit, did and you guys get COVID while you were down there? I was about to say. It is a petri dish of it fucked is, upness. It there. is. You know what? We were we were down there. This is off topic. Off topic. But we we're we we're on the boardwalk and we we're like, there was so many people without masks and it was, and, and it was impossible to maintain social distance down there. Uh and we just we were just like, this is why. This is why stuff surges. <laughs> like, yo, we're never going to get out of this. Yeah, we're not. We, never, never, never. Um, what was I saying? You uh, went down to Myrtle Beach with you and uh, Sharice. Why did I say that, though? Because, because we were talking, we were talking about, about Drake and J. Cole. And- oh, I know what it was. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so we, uh, there was this country song playing while we were waiting for food. And I was listening to this. And the song, I swear to you, this song was basically Marvin's Room. It was a country song, but it was basically like, I'm calling you because I'm drunk, and I know that that guy can't love you like I can, and maybe I'll get over this when I'm sober, but for right now, can I come over? Like, it, was, it, was, it was definitely like the country version of Was it Alan song. Jackson? It might have been. Uh, I don't know. Oh, God. That's hilarious. You said the country version of Marvin's Room. <laughs> Oh lord! It might have literally just been Marvin's room, yeah, the country like, version. Yeah, yeah, you know they've been known to do that yeah. to hip hop and soul records. Yep. we go back to the fifties and sixties. Anyway, so uh, so you down in Myrtle Beach, and you guys made it back safe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, it was just a quick, quick turnaround. Just went down there for the weekend and see the water. See the water. We did uh, like a parasailing thing. This is, I, I asked this because. 
this is the dude who will send you pictures to well, not even send them. You have to find out in real time <laughs> that he was in Norway. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah it was Iceland, but you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, yeah. Excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> Let me put my passport back under back in the goddamn drawer. So this is the same guy. Uh, we'll go to Iceland and then I, I'm I'm looking at the dichotomy and the breakup of Iceland and Myrtle Beach. <laughs> I went to beautiful Iceland and the scenic and then I went to the boardwalk in Myrtle Beach and it's just hot full of people not wearing masks. That's crazy. I used to spend a lot of time in Myrtle Beach in my younger days. Me Cause, too. Because I'm, you know, like where I'm from is only like an hour and 10 minutes. So like Myrtle Beach was, if you didn't go to Wilmington, you went to Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. Beach. Right. Uh, spent a lot of time down there at a place called Club Millennium, mm. and they had uh, Thong Thursdays. First of all, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> the name Club Millennium, I already knew they had Thong Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got... What other, what other themed day of the week's things that they yeah, had, Jamal? Exactly. STI I, Fridays. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, cause, because, okay, so <laughs> Thursday... <laughs> Thursdays was the only night they really let black people in there. Like, if you tried to go in on Saturday ah, night. What the white people would call nigger night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Almost stabbed a dude in Myrtle Beach. At so, listen, slowly but yeah. surely, your thuggery is leaking <laughs> yeah. out. Like, drink more so we can get more information. Because <laughs> you just said, yeah, I used to go to Thug Thursdays. I almost stabbed a guy. I almost stabbed a guy one night. <laughs> and this is why they only gave you niggas one night. <laughs> what did he do? Why did you have a knife? Okay, so you had a knife because there was a Myrtle Beach. Okay, skip that part. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was Bike Fest. Ah, uh, uh, it was, it was of night, course, it was Bike Week this week. Yeah, 1998 or 99. Mm, I feel like I might have been down there at the same time. <laughs> I hope it wasn't blues I tried to see. Oh, shit. <laughs> I remember one night I was a little hazy and a nigga came at me. All right, uh, so we were walking down the strip and all this stuff. This was before they closed the strip. Like It was like just, it was the Wild West. Um, And so this dude started hollering at my girlfriend at the time. Like, as we were walking by. Like like you weren't there. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, hey, man, cool out. And he he can, he ignored me, kept on. Hey, man, cool out. He, he ignored me. He was like, fuck you. All right, well, it's on now. Now we have a real problem. This is a different Jamal. <laughs> so as he tells this story, I'm picturing the Jamal from the uh, newspaper clippings where he's like doing like slash dunk slash layup it's a very fit jamal it's tall he's angry and he's gonna stab the shit out of this guy that's the jamal i see in my head keep going so, like, okay we have a problem <laughs> so you know i go up the way at, ask him you know like did you not hear me you know i'm sorry, still trying to give him benefit of the doubt and he goes to reach like he's about to get something and i had a knife in my pocket and i pulled it out and Put it up to him. Was it a jackknife? No, it was a, like a switchblade type joint. Oh, Word. shit, like the Jets and the Sharks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so my homeboy, Kevin, uh, had to restrain me and pull me away to de-escalate the, the situation. It, it could have been bad, though. This is... This podcast is dedicated to the unsung hero, Kevin. For if it's not Kevin, 
There is no Pulling Up podcast yes. because Jamal yeah. is still doing time <laughs> for, for assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, man. Then, sadly, that's not the only time I had to pull the knife out. On the oh, Damn, what? Jamal. What's going on? Were they all in Myrtle Beach, though? No. Oh, no, no. Okay. No. Damn. No. Yeah, no. No. I, I was reading, uh, like, I was doing incidental reading, like, after, like, when we were leaving. I didn't know Myrtle Beach. I did not know. Yeah. But their, it came up. Their murder rate. Yes. It's, it's very high. Like, what? like they have like one of the highest violent crimes yeah. cities in the world. In, in the country. In the country. That shit. Yeah. I saw that too. I was like, Myrtle Beach? Right. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. Because country niggas ain't got shit to do. And there's also a lot of meth amphetamines yeah. going around. So a lot of that shit is drug related as yeah. well. So, but yeah, that shit was crazy to see. Like, it's a yeah. tourist destination. The one part they don't want you to know about <laughs> is the murder. <laughs> look, look, don't go to North Myrtle Beach or Atlantic Beach. Those are the trouble areas. Really? Yeah. We stopped through North Myrtle Beach to do the parasailing, and it looked like this quiet country town. Like, yeah. We went, when we went to regular Myrtle Beach, we were like, well, maybe we should spend more time in North Myrtle Beach. <laughs> but you're telling me. I- Listen, man. Oh, Live your life. Pull it up, podcast fans. <laughs> I wish you could be me right now. One of my co-hosts goes parasailing <laughs> and to Iceland. And the other one will stab the shit out of you on the boardwalk. Like, these two gentlemen are fine gentlemen. They've raised children. They live in nice homes. Their beard game and hair game is tight. But... <laughs> Don't cross one of them. And the other one, you got to get international. Keep up with them. I love this show. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's switch gears. Oh, oh yeah. No more murder talk. Okay. <laughs> um. So let's talk about Kanye for a little bit. Yes. Did anybody catch his recent, his most so I only, the I only cut part of it? I only cut part of it. So there was yeah. like this, uh, this clip that somebody posted from their cell phone and he was saying something about how he was, he was going to say something about Harriet Tubman. And then he stopped and said, well, actually Harriet Tubman didn't free any slaves. She just brought them up North to work for other white people. And then the person that was running the camera was like, all right, we're leaving right now. And then they cut the camera off. Did you see it? Uh, well, I saw a little bit of the watch video that you had shared, but I turned it off after like the first 15 seconds. I was there for a lot of it. <laughs> and a lot of it was crazy as fuck. He went into this thing about abortion. Then at some point he said, uh, if there's no if there's no me, there's no America. Then what? he said, I heard about the I heard the um Harriet Tubman thing. Um, he started crying, like legit crying, got into something about his dad, started crying. The sound, there was no sound. It was basically him on the stage and the, the news people that were covering him, where I got the watch party from were basically in the back of the room. Uh, I think they were in the back of the room because it didn't, well, there's zero social distancing. This is South Carolina again. I believe you, I believe he was in North Charleston and I hardly saw anybody with masks. The majority of the audience was white. Kanye has on a vest that says security. Um, <laughs> what? And, and yeah. Hey, yo, dog, let me, hug. Let me borrow your vest. <laughs> and he was just talking. So he was letting people ask questions, but you couldn't hear them because, again, there's no mic. Yeah. I don't think. So the title, I don't know what he told people, but I know that the news people were saying it was Kanye's 2020 presidential run speech or some shit. So that's what they build it as. But I don't think I think it was just Kanye said, hey. Where in America can I guess just go and talk? 
North Charleston, bet. <laughs> and he was just, he was literally just, everything that he had on his mind, he was just going off and saying, just talking. Mm. So I think a lot of people are saying he's paid by the Trump people to split the vote, which I could see. Um, I don't think he's got enough, he doesn't have enough sway. Uh, yeah, that's what I No, he doesn't need. <laughs> I want y'all to get that first before okay. you move on. House sway. Thanks, Jay Ward, for that smart joke. I, I say that because he's enough, not necessarily sway, but he's enough of a polarizing character, enough of a distracting character that you can that you can throw him into this this pot and get enough conversation stirred up about Biden because a lot of folks aren't sold on Biden in the first place. Yeah, but right. I think Trump's He's like a hard yo. sell. Yeah, I think Trump's like yo. I'm not fucking around. I'm not playing no games. How else can I fuck their shit up? Like pull out all the stops. Um, but and then there's a part of me that believes there's a competitive competitiveness competitiveness to Kanye. Want to try it again? That yeah, competitiveness <laughs> to Kanye. That would say an arrogance. That would say, hey, listen, I think I could win this shit. Like. Mm. And if and if like he's being paid to do it, I believe he's savvy enough. He's like, I'll take that money and actually fucking try to win and beat you. Yeah. And I would love it if that was the case. Like, I love it. What What does a Kanye presidency look like? Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And concerts on Sunday. <laughs> a Kanye presidency. I can't even imagine. But I feel like I feel like Kanye is a puppet now. I feel like. I feel oh, like yeah. there's people behind him. So whoever those people are would be president. The Kardashians? <clears throat> well, I think the Kardashians are puppets, man. I, I think I think Kanye's more puppet than Kardashian, but I think they understand that his mental stability is not all the way there. So yeah. he's malleable to he's a mentoring candidate, if you will. Uh, kind of we can get him to do whatever we want if we just if we just plant the seed and and cater to his sense of Arrogance, I guess, is the word I'm trying to use. Hmm. So he's kind of like Trump in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Trump. I think Trump is a puppet because nobody. Well, he is that stupid, but like nobody can, nobody can get where he's gotten <laughs> by being that stupid. It's impossible to think that anyone could do that. I'm I, pretty sure that Trump has based his entire presidency off of the Black Bush skit from Chappelle Show. <laughs> um. Well, I, you know what? The way we are now, and this is where it's scary to think that Trump is this smart, is because we're such a digital television, whatever, whatever, age right. we live in, reality TV show, that he's like, yo, I can say things and manipulate people because that's all politics is, is yeah. just manipulation of emotions and, and ideas, that I can get this white base behind me. I can If I can get them to just go with me and say and do anything I want— and he might have he might have read a Mein Kampf book. Shouts out to to motherfuckers who believe that shit. But <laughs> saw the life of Hitler and said, "Yo, Hitler just basically told people what they wanted to hear." And then once he was there, he could do anything he wanted. Yep. And our motherfuckers are probably like, he's probably like, "Yo, I could just do that." And then here we are, twenty twenty, and Trump will say. The Confederate flag is a part of our history. And motherfuckers are like, you are right, Mr. <laughs> President. He, he laid that out. Um, first of all, that made me think there's there's some kind of book called Something Dynamics, and I can't remember what it was, that he has always been a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like years ago, like 20 years ago, he went on camera and as a Democrat 
and said that if he ever ran for president, he would run as a Republican because they're dumb and easy, man, easily manipulated. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> yeah, that's he, exactly what he did. He went on TV when he was running and said, "I could walk, I could walk down the middle of the street right now and shoot somebody, and wouldn't go to jail, for and it. wouldn't go to jail for it." And he's pretty much right. Like figuratively, he's right. Yeah, he's the stuff that he's said and done. He will say, he will tell you right now, Jamal. He'll stare in your face in front of a camera with a with a million people watching and say, uh, "Jamal, the sky is green." The next night, he'll go on camera and be like, I never said that. <laughs> and people will yeah, believe him because they want to believe him. Right. And be like, but yeah. you were on camera when you said it. Fake news. <laughs> Here, here's the Kanye thing for me. The Kanye thing for me is, is such an enigma um, because I can't hate him because I think he's mentally ill. Mm. But the stuff that he's doing or saying is so damaging. Um, and maybe it's, maybe it's just damaging for the nostalgia standpoint. Here's what I did on the way back from Myrtle Beach today, because we drove back today. Oh, for for nice. three hours and twenty minutes, I listened to Kanye. I listened to Graduation. I listened to to Dropout. I listened to Registration. I listened to Eight Hundred Eight. Like I listened to Kanye the entire ride home, and just listening to the evolution of the music and of 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 what he talked about. Like he he had he had Negro spirituals being sung on Dropout on the first album. He was saying things in the first couple of albums that were very on par with what you would expect a conscious black man to talk about. And to see where he is now, to barely be able to hold a stream of consciousness or a stream of thought during an interview, mm. is there's something very tragic about it. And I feel like I feel like there's feelings that I have that I don't allow myself to feel. Because like I don't want I don't want to be too hard on him because I think he's mentally ill, but at the same time, I want to rebel really hard against what he's saying, right? Because I know it's not what he stood for, and there's a nostalgic uh, uh, factor to that. This was this was me growing up. This was me listening to hip hop and enjoying mm -hmm. the growth of this particular artist. <clears throat> and then there's the part where I listen to him and I feel like, man, he sounds really sincere. <laughs> He sounds like he really believes this. And how did that happen? Yeah. Like how, how did, how did Kanye get there? I, I think a part of that is the success we have. Like success sounds like validation in what you're doing. Um, success is saying you are correct. Right. If I make, if Taylor Swift makes an album about a guy and it sells a million records, that's a million confirmations of a yes. That is a good, that is a thing that you were doing. And Kanye's had a lot of yes and not a lot of no's around him. Like, that's not a bad idea. Like, he's never had anybody really say, that's not a good idea. And I think that's continued on past the music. So I think that's why we get those weird-ass looking clothes and shoes because no one said, nah, it's not a great idea. He found a way to make that shit say yes. Remember, he was rebelling against the the clothing community because they felt like they were keeping keeping him out. Yeah. He found a way in and found someone to say yes to all that shit. Yeah. And we continue to tell him yes, and we continue to co-sign that room full of people during that live in, a, in live was a bunch of people saying yes, you should do this. When everybody at the crib was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, right. you should not be doing this." So there are people around him from from jump. 
from those from those beginning albums who were like, this is dope. This is this is it. This is it. And then we get to this Kanye. And he's like, can't nobody tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I could do what the fuck I want to now. And that's very, it's very, like, we go back to that Trump idea. Like, it's, no one's going to be able to tell me no because I can do anything I want because I've always been told yes and I'm successful at right. this thing. So it will be interesting to see in the next, what is this? July, what, 20? Today is the 19th. The 19th. Yeah. It will be interesting to see what happens August 1. Um, in terms of what he's doing, I feel like this is just a lead up to another album or project. Well, there is an album dropping in August. He has an album dropping in August. Well, then there you go. I feel like the presidential talk is just enough for. I, and in my head, I feel like he's probably like, well, I lost black people. Let me make sure these white kids stay on board. And because <laughs> that's where the money's coming yeah, from. You right, know, right. Wesley told us that shit. He was yep. like, they don't need our money. They need our cosign. cosign. Yeah, that's yeah. it, you know man. I think and about that. that. I think about that a lot. Right. Yeah, that's right. So he, he's like, yo, I don't need these black people money. And at this point, I, I, I've lost their cosign. So I can just get it from the white kids. Yeah. Uh, Jay Ward, you in your poem. You know what I'm saying? You walk past a college party and you say, we ain't messing with no bro and don't that. You know what I'm saying? They don't <laughs> say the nigga part, but they're with him. You know, they're right. with him. Um, I, I want to I clear up something for the, for the, for the listeners because I jumped to, I, I said I feel like he's mentally ill. And, and I want to clarify, I, I don't feel like he's mentally ill because he has these wild opinions and because he's acting erratically because I don't want to just throw out mentally ill for no reason. I think he's mentally ill because he said he's mentally ill. I think he's mentally ill because he had to get hospitalized for it, and I think he's I think he's mentally ill because it, um, I don't want to say he's been diagnosed bipolar, although I feel he has, but because I don't know for sure, I won't say that. But like he he exhibits um, symptoms of mental illness, and that's yeah. not that's not me saying uh, something derogatory about mental mental illness. That's me saying I, I feel like that's that's the actual category that he's in. Yeah. Right. And and I think we can all speak from a perspective of being able to say that is also black men don't seek help for being mentally ill. True. And, and Kanye doesn't. Right. Like Kanye, Kanye has specifically. So I was watching I was watching an interview today, too. I, I went to a Kanye rabbit hole. Coincidentally, uh, apparently. Um, and he was saying how because uh, I think this was the interview with Charlemagne and Charlemagne asked him, like, have you gone to a therapist? Have you you know talked to somebody about this? And Kanye's response was that he doesn't believe in. He doesn't believe in talking to people about stuff like that who make less than him. So and there it is. So he talks to he talks to his friends and his family, and he has and consultations there it is. with them. There it is, right? He doesn't. And there he it does, is. Yeah, he doesn't seek people who have actual that's a license to help. So thank you for the clarification, but I don't think you really need to clarify it if you everybody understands <laughs> what the is. like. Yeah, the, the the every but a lot of people say that like, yo, he just needs help. Like, who's going to help him? And the answer is nobody. He's got to want it. Well, yeah, he's got to want it. Um, <laughs> Jasmine Mans, you should write another poem about Kanye needing to get help. <laughs> and that's, I'll stop and start with that. I mean, start, stop with, with that right there. Uh, speaking of um, J. Ward poems, mm-hmm. I think I heard you had a book out, son. Yeah, yeah. Watch Jamal. I'm going to pull out of my bookshelf off the library of my books. Yeah. So I, I have a, a micro chat. Book. Why'd you slap it on the table <laughs> like that? Man, like you, I hate this shit. It's amazing. <laughs> First of all, it's the best title. I I almost wish it was a full length book just because of the title. Where'd the title come from? There's a um, there's a poem in the manuscript that talks about um, being uh, 
being sung toward a lesser the the big dipper calling us towards a lesser wound mm -hmm. and a lot of the a lot of the book besides besides the rhythm a lot of the book uh, uh, alludes to songs and to to spirituals and so forth so um i pitched this idea to my editor where it's like sing me towards a lesser wound and he was like i like that or even like maybe sing me a lesser wound and i was like yes take the towards out um sing me a lesser wound just sounds great and i'll give you a backstory on the cover like the cover is like this night sky and like the silhouette of this picnic table out on the on the beach right the original version of this photo uh because i didn't pick it my, my editor proposed it the original version of this cover had a flagpole coming off the off the top and right at the right at the top of the book you could kind of see the bottom of the american flag right there mm -hmm. and I, I really like the idea of that being tied into like the national anthem. Sing me toward a lesser wound, right? Um, kind of the complexities of of nationalism in this country and how it's linked to to racism and to to acts of violence against people of color. Uh, and ultimately, I decided to just take the flag out of it completely. I just didn't. I just didn't want that. Um, I just didn't want it. Uh, ultimately, but I, I like how the title works because you're un-American. That's why you didn't want it. Yeah, thanks, Jamal. <laughs> Fucking commie. <laughs> um, but it's it's a micro chat book, so it's a small collection. Um, you've heard of a chat book. This is kind of like half of that. that. Um, but it's from Bull City Press. It's from a, a legitimate press. First of all, you say legitimate press, it sounds illegitimate. But <laughs> right. why, the reason I say that, like you've been in some bad deals before. <laughs> right, right. But the, re the reason I say that is because I don't own my masters. <laughs> <laughs> like, like most of us as spoken word artists and slam artists, like our books are self published, and mm -hmm. and my previous books to this are so are self published, which is nothing wrong with. But um, I just feel like for me, it's just an accomplishment. Right? Yeah, it feels yeah. good to have someone else be about like, your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How how long did how long was the process of like either picking the poems or writing the poems for that book? I, I was working with Bull City Press back in uh, August. You remember? So I went to Breadloaf, uh, mm -hmm. which is a writer's conference in uh, Middlebury, Vermont. And I was talking to the editor about it. I sent it to him and we went back and forth from like from August to probably March or April. We went back and forth on the content, the storyline, like the arc that it would take and what poems were best for it and doing like some revisions on it. Yeah, probably from about August to, to March. All right. That's not bad. That's not, it's how, not too long. How bad were your feelings hurt with your when your editor was like, hey, can we change this? Not at all. First of all, I, I want to shout out uh, Ross White, who's the editor from Bull City Press. But um, it wasn't, first of all, it wasn't painful at all. He, he wasn't, he wasn't like that. Most of the revisions were small and most of the revisions were, you know, let's, let's talk about things like point of view and whether this shift and, and like time difference and, and, and that kind of thing. But, um, but my feelings aren't hurt on stuff like that anyway. Cause I generally, and cause blues knows I'll write something and then I'll get blues feedback and then I'll write something and get your feedback and then I'll write something or I'll take, I'm sorry, I'll write something and get Blues feedback. I'll revise it, get your feedback. I'll revise it, get so-and-so's feedback. Revise it, come back to Blues <laughs> and see if it's ready or not. By like, the time you see it again, it's been revised like three times. You'll be like, what happened to just the one thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you might have liked the three other things, but those, th those got changed. And half the time, he'll tell you, I'm going to send you something so you, can, so you can give me some edit notes. And... He'll send it to you. Be like, all right. So I edited two more times before I gave it to you. Yeah. And you're like, you want me to edit this one more time? He was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh now nah, this is this is amazing and I I think I like the size of it. Uh in this in this day and age of everything going digital, it's nice to have something physical, but it's also for the, for the readers out there if you could understand the size of it, it would fit in your palm basically. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the microness of it. So you can keep it like in your back pocket or in your purse in your, your office good, desk. Yeah, and you could you could whip that thing on out when you just need some some inspirational stuff. Um, congratulations, Jay Ward. This is yeah, amazing, man. bro. It's definitely dope. What's next for you? What's next? So I've been working on. So I did a manuscript back in 2017 that I sent to Button and I sent to Write Bloody, and it was a finalist in both of those competitions. Oh, nice. Yeah. So then I took it back and I was like, well, what's? It's almost there, but what's wrong? So I went. I took I took the entire manuscript through the same process that I take every poem through. Um, which means I've been working on it for a couple of years. And I finally decided that what I wanted to do, the manuscript was about being mixed. So it was about different things, you know, growing up in the South and being mixed. And some of it was just growing up in the South. And I wanted to um, go into form, like, you know, really like received form poetry, you know, sonnets and guzzles. And Limericks, of, yeah. all that type of stuff. Yeah. And make each poem a mix of different forms. Mm. So that each poem was a metaphor for the whole collection. I spent uh, the first two months of quarantine really working on uh, on that um, on that revision, on that edit, um, and then had some people help me with that. So that is out with a I won't say who, but that is out with a publisher right now because a publisher nice. asked me what I was working on uh, back in November, mm-hmm. uh, and I told them this, and they were like, "Send it to us as soon as it's done." So I sent it to them about a month and a half, two months ago. Um, and they've gotten back to me and said, you know, things things look positive for right now, but they have to show it to the rest of their team. So that might be dropping, and I won't say who the who the publisher would be. If it doesn't drop, you know, I probably revise it three more times because <laughs> that's what I do. Hey, do you have a literary agent? The publisher is Def Jam, just so everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> they're, about to, they're about to drop poetry books on y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> y'all not ready. That's that's dope, though. Yeah, so, yeah, Jamal just asked an important question. Do you have a literary agent? Should a, should a poet look for a literary agent, or yeah. should they just go out there and see what happens? Most times, it's usually just fiction and nonfiction writers that have agents. There's not a lot of literary agents that folk, you know, that just spend their time with poetry. So it's not to say don't look for an agent. It's just to say that it's not the norm mm. for a for a poet to have a literary agent. Mm. Um, but of course, I think every rule that's around is made to be broken, and every you know every system is is made to to adjust. So uh, if you feel that strongly in your work and you feel like you need an agent, then go try to get one. It's just not it's just not the norm, and I don't have one. Hmm. I I don't have one either. You're a free agent, just out here pushing these books out for the agency. Wait, um, do you have a literary agent? Blues? No, no. But um, you have a song that just dropped. Yep, I do. I do have a song that just dropped. It's dope too. And the shit is on fire. <laughs> I don't know if it's on fire. It's it was, a, <laughs> it was a very it was a very fun song to do. Working with uh, Anthony Rodriguez of Soul Organic, um, we had this idea to just do shit over the quarantine. Um, so we've come up with a whole album called Duologue. It's about six or seven jams in. Anthony and I have never got into the studio together. We have we have not physically seen each other. Um, 
in, I would almost say years. Like it's been a while since I've seen him, actually seen him, but we've always managed to communicate. So on some real, you know, foreign exchange type shit, yes. we've been managed to put together a really dope album. Um, and working with some other producers on doing some other shit. So I got, I got music floating, man. So for me, the, the, and sorry, everybody, this is called the, um, pandemic pivot <laughs> where poets are <laughs> poets are doing their shift in what they do inside this pandemic era but i've been managed to, managing to kind of shift what i do um i've always dealt with music i've always rapped i use my two quote fingers <laughs> for that um i have a, a so rap this, cd from you right so this was fun this was this is really fun and there's more to come like there's 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 a lot more shit that we have coming out and not just me and him, but I've been working with S dot, uh, worked with Vinny knuckles, uh, working with a guy out of LA. So just a lot of stuff. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm going to let it, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to kind of put it out there and then see what the feedback is. And even if there's good or bad, I'm at this stage in the season of my life where I just want to push it out and keep putting it out. I was telling uh, my wife the other day, I'm like, I'm not looking to, <laughs> Go back to my urban abstract days where I was traveling and with a band and setting up and doing two or three nights in a city. I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not that guy anymore. Like, right. I, I'm, I'm good with just putting out music. If people stream it and there's a little check that comes in, I'm good with that. So. I was about to say like now is different because I think now as an artist, you don't necessarily have to tour. I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but now you can create so much buzz through social media right that it's not it's not a necessary evil right. whereas 15 years ago i mean shit not even 15 years ago six months ago well, seven months ago that true. was a thing you had to do yeah it, it, the system was still the same it's just the way that the system looked is different so the system was you come up with a really great record you put the record out you get it you have to do the tour of radio stations and then maybe you do a radio station that morning or that afternoon. And then you had a club date that night and that would be from city to city to city. To city. If you looked at the baby's career in the last two years, <laughs> that's exactly kind of what he did. Mm. When you saw him go to South by Southwest in a diaper, you're like, Oh, that motherfucker's crazy. But now you see where he's at. Mm -hmm. He ain't got to wear a diaper no more. Motherfucker can drop a, a, half a 35 second fucking video somewhere and it'll get like half a million views or a million yeah. views on that shit. So he's, he's grinded, but that, that system was different. But so now we live in a, an era where you can't go to a club date because most club, well, some clubs are open. Um, <laughs> yeah. Remind me to at remind, remind me to talk about <laughs> the club in Atlanta with the pool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, a lot of the clubs aren't really open, open. And if they are, you're, you're kind of gambling with health issues or whatever, whatever. So you're right. So if you can get your shit popping via TikTok, via Snapchat, via Instagram and all that, then you're winning. You're being able to, do, you're, you're able to do all those things without having to go anywhere. And I think that it cuts down on travel. It cuts down on security. It cuts down on a lot of shit. Right. So the, the system of having to do that is still kind of the same. It's just, it's, it just looks different, but yeah, man, that's, if, if y'all like the shit, stream it, share it with your friends. And I might, if the money's right, mm, show up and still just do poems. I'd <laughs> be like, yo, we thought he was going to come and do this song. This motherfucker came here talking about his daughter. <laughs> In a poem. Yo, I want to I ask y'all to a question. Which 
I mean, I'm going to ask myself the same question. I feel like you're about to hit the button. <laughs> no, no, I want to. I want to. But no, um, do it, man. Just do it. First of all, for a reference, there's a new shiny Jamaican looking keyboard here. Yeah, we have green, green colors upgrade. here. And there's buttons that you can press to make certain sound effects. Like, Jamal, show us a sound effect. <laughs> That's from you. Say a poem. Oh, nope. That's for Jamal when he says poem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm very tempted. That was the rim shot. That was the, uh, okay, for your yeah. terrible joke. The dad jokes. Um, anyway, no. Uh, what I was going to ask was, so when you're in your element and you're doing your thing, this is uh, pre-pandemic, right? There's always this unspoken sense of competition, right? Like if you go to a slam and somebody says a dope poem, whether you're competing with that poem or not, you kind of go home with like, yo, I'm going to up my game. I'm going I'm to I'm write this poem. I'm going to do this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Same thing with music. Same thing with, with visual arts or whatever. Like people make you want to up your game. Like how are, how are you all, how do you sense yourself in this idea of, of competition? Even if the competition is with yourself, like during the pandemic, of like wanting to be better, wanting to explore new things, wanting to do wanting to do things that that haven't been done or take something that's been done and do it better like how how is that idea kicking in with y'all right now it's not no no i'm just fucking with you um for <laughs> I was like poor she jamal sounded, she sounded real so like, <laughs> <very depressing>. <laughs> um for for me um well i've i've been struggling with creating even before the pandemic. Um, I don't know. I, I just have. Um, even though every now and again I get something together. But when when I'm trying to like if I hear a poem or a song or something that I want to do, um it it makes me do research first. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a research type person, so I need to research like what makes this poem good what makes this song good and then what for me is like what can i say that's not being said um also i just don't give a fuck for the most part i mean and now I, that we know the knife story yeah <laughs> we did it clearly <laughs> we understand your thug levels <laughs> but i just I, <laughs> I um well a lot of stuff that i create i keep to myself because I have this, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, but I have this thing where I feel like I'm not good enough. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm. So I keep a lot of, like, I have a lot of stuff that I've created, but that I keep to myself. So I do ha- suffer from imposter syndrome. I also suffer from, um, and it's probably going to sound crazy, um, where I think it's too late. Like, like sometimes I feel like I should have been doing this ten years ago because mm. I had, I had the creativity, I had the, whatever, and I I kind of feel like ah oh, well I shouldn't do it because I didn't do it in two thousand ten or two thousand eight or right. two thousand six, so it's just it's a struggle for me. Yeah. Um. So before I answer any of that, I'm gonna switch my interview back over to <laughs> Jamal. You just you just sent us a really dope track just recently. Yeah. It wasn't finished, so. Uh, is that is that a new creation for you, or is that you revisiting some something from years ago? Uh, it was it was new, and, and actually, it came about. So I did a uh, 
I did a track. Well, I did two tracks for Jay Ward on his uh, uh, what was the, the live CD? Yeah, the live CD. Um, so I had this chord progression. He did it to uh, fatherhood, his fatherhood pole. So I went back to that progression because while I liked the the skeleton of the beat that I did for Jay Ward, I felt like I could do more with it. Mm-hmm. So I went back to that one night in here drinking and stuff, and I came up with a different type of progression for it. And it just came, it all came together like, like that. So for, for y'all at home who do not know, <laughs> Jamal can play keyboards. He's basically, what's your man, Craig? Uh, what's your man from the office? Black dude. Oh <laughs> yeah. Craig Robinson. <laughs> he's basically Craig Robinson. You know, he's hilarious. And then all of a sudden this motherfucker starts playing a keyboard. You're like, what? <laughs> So Jamal has some musical talents that he doesn't always expose. Um, so when you hear him talk about chord progression, you're like, oh, shit. Motherfucker knows music, too. <laughs> so I, I would say going back to kind of targeting what you were saying about is it too late and to answer your question, um, I always, I, I whenever I get ready to do something, like even with this recent project, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I I sing a little bit. Why not? Why the fuck not? Just right. whatever was, you know, just do it. Um, I'm not looking to build a super big fan base. Cause you know, I it, honestly, I don't feel like I want to be J Cole or Drake trying to not, not in sense of creating great, good music, but I don't feel like getting on anybody's tour bus and right. going from city to city to city. That's that ain't the life I want. Um, I also realize I don't, necessarily want an eight room mansion with 19 cars yeah you give me a a nice honda pilot and maybe a pool in the backyard and i'm and i'm straight but i i always refer back to is it too late or am i too old and i think about bernie mac and he didn't really get started with what he was doing until his 40s Mm. like it was later in the game and i find out that's a lot of comedians who are not necessarily that they get started late. They've been doing what they've been doing. It just didn't hit for them until that time. Probably, yeah. And when it hit, you're in love with that person at whatever stage that they're at right then and there. And you don't give a fuck about how old they are, or what right. they've been going to do it. You just love what they're doing in that moment. So I I look at competition as, yeah, I see I see people doing things. And this is where I feel like Instagram and social media is a hindrance and a help, right? Because if you look at it, you will get anxious about all the shit you see people doing. Right. They're, they're doing amazing things and this is happening and this and that. You're like, fuck, what am I doing? What am I not doing? And at the same time, you're like, you know what? I can only do what I can do when I can do it. And if I just keep focused on my lane, I, I can push forward and grind through. Uh, Kendrick Lamar says he doesn't listen to any music when he's creating an album. Like he just focuses on what he's doing. Like he doesn't listen to anything new. There's no radio. There's nothing. So he doesn't get distracted by anybody else's sound. And I'm like, that's hard to do, but fucking genius. That's why you sound the way you sound when you come out, because you haven't heard anything to taint what you're doing. Um, So I, for me, the competition part of it turns into, all right, all right, blues, what, what do you want to do? And I also look at, well, what's everybody else doing? All right, that's cool that they're doing that. Uh, I'm going to do my own thing. I, I think the part that frustrates me sometimes, and this is this is strictly a Charlotte thing because I lived here, <laughs> and this is before COVID, I am 
and this is going to sound very Kanye of me. I can create really dope niche, unique events like yeah. Yeah. some really dope shit. That. Yeah, true. And then a month later, you will Someone see that same fucking event. Yep. And the part that bothers me is not that they did it, is that they did it and then say, hey, we got this from you. Or, hey, could you help us start our own? Because I'm all down. Like, if you want to do what I'm doing, fuck yeah, let's get together. You can start your own shit because you're probably going to reach an audience that I'm not trying to get to. Right. That part bothers me. So when I see things happen, I'm like, I had that same idea. I've learned not to get mad at the person with the idea, especially if it pops for them. I get mad at myself for not executing and jumping on the idea in the first place. Um, I had this idea for a movie um, where uh, <laughs> if you reason. saw my post, if you saw my post for a while ago, that was all that was all very sarcastic. But this one is a real one. Uh, Kevin Costner had this movie that came out where he was taking care of a little black girl yep. because, mm. and and Carlos Robeson can can attest to this. About six months or seven months before that, I gave him the same fucking idea. And then when that movie came out, he was like, have you seen this new Kevin Costner shit? I was livid. Uh-huh. And I wasn't livid at Hollywood. I was livid at myself. So, yeah. Um, but I was also very proud of myself. I was like, you know what? I was genius enough to think of that. And that was a thing. So whatever happens next time, fucking execute. So to all our listeners out there, if you got a really great idea, execute that shit, Go just jump it. on it. So yeah, competition wise, I think we're all our own worst and best competition, uh, especially right now. Uh, if you look at Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and you see somebody doing something that you want to do, that is your competition. Um, shouts out to uh, my vocal coach, Tiffany Moore Borgian Lynn. Uh, she will tell you that it doesn't matter who the other person is. Right now, in my eyes, Saul Williams, Jay-Z, Drake, that's all my competition too. Mm-hmm. Like, I may not have millions of numbers like that, but we're doing the same thing. Yeah. You put us all in a room, give us all pencil and paper. We're all doing the same fucking thing at the same time. And that is the equalizer of everything. You are your own competition. And if you can imagine yourself being in competition with a Beyonce or somebody, that's good for you because now you have a bar to hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now you got a bar to hit. Can, can I go back to uh, what you said about, um, having ideas that are executed by, for lack of a better term, famous people. Mm -hmm. I think that for artists, for artists sometimes, we get caught up in the people we admire that we don't, we don't think that we're on their level Mm -hmm. when artistically we might be. Right. Um, It's just... Either, like you said, we're not taking that chance, we're not executing, or what, whatever it may be. I think that as an artist, you, you have to learn to take a chance on yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm still learning that. Like, it's, it's hard to take a chance on yourself, but you'll be glad that you did it because you won't have any regrets. And right. I think that's worse than trying and failing is having regrets. We, we've talked on this show about individuals who have gained success and then received hate because we're like, yo, we can do that better. Like we've talked about people who did spoken word artists, uh, poems who weren't spoken word artists. Um, and like, yo, we do better than that all the time. And we, and, and we kind of like low key hate on them. Right. But 
that's exactly what you're saying. Like they took the shot. Yeah. Yeah. So don't you're sitting home complaining because you can write a better, better. poem. But you're sitting at home. Oh, right. They took the shot. <laughs> yeah. So, so yep. that is a lesson in itself. Like, have the confidence in yourself to shoot the shot. Right. I had, uh, so my editor actually told me, because I'm still battling imposter syndrome. I think we all do. And he was telling me all the places where I should be submitting my poems to. And he was telling me all the poets who I'm in conversation with. And he was like, you don't realize it yet because you're humble. But, which sounds weird for me to say it. <laughs> But but this is what he said to me. Um, but you're you're not like this. Those are the, those are the people that are that you should be aiming for. And I, I think when it comes to competition, like we all have to think of it that way. Like, where do we? Who who are we in conversation with? And who do we want to be in conversation with? In, in terms of our art, and take the shot. Yeah, take the shot. If it's if it's not costing you an arm and a leg to do it, take. The shot. Yeah. Shoot the J. Shoot the J. <laughs> shoot, shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> it's, it's like good. I would you'd always hear it in church when they're inviting you to come take Christ. Like, come let God come into your life and you know, accept Jesus Christ as your savior. And I've always heard this pastor say, you know, you waiting on yourself to get right. How's that going? <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus is gonna take you as you are right now. Just come on. Just come on. Your artist. You you will never know how good you're going to be until you just do the thing. Like and f- you know the whole success overnight thing. That's that's a saying as you got to work hard at what you're doing. But sometimes in this era, sometimes that's exactly what the fuck it is. Yeah. You put out something on Instagram and then the right person sees it because you put that shit out there and they retweet it or repost it and you've gone from five thousand followers to. 10,000 followers like overnight because people saw the thing that you did. You're like, Oh, I thought I had to be this kind of person in this situation to do this kind of thing. Nah, if you can spit and you just spit something that's super dope and enough people see it, the shit just blows up. But like Ward said, you got to shoot the shot, shoot the J, shoot the J, shoot Shoot it. it. So I'll tell you how competition has been working out for me. Competition for me has been, this combination of, so I'm, I'm like, I'm in between, like I'm in the process of kind of stepping back from, from slam, not from spoken word necessarily, but but, but from from slam and kind of stepping into this greater world of not greater in terms of value, but greater in terms of this wide world. Elitism. No, 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 believe me, believe me. I don't don't have any elitist views of page versus stage at all. Uh, But in, in looking at it, I've, I've really been, like my competition has been, I'm I'm picking the books up off my shelf, right? And I'm reading poems also online that are just amazingly done that I've read before and said, man, I wish I was on that level. And now I'm reading them and I'm saying, I'm gonna get there. Like if I'm if I'm not there, I'm gonna get there. I'm I I want people to read my work the same way I'm reading theirs and saying, man, this is amazing because I've because I've sat with with poets who are of that caliber. And they do the same thing. They read other people's work and they're like, man, that's amazing. How did they do that? They feel the exact same way right. we do. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at competition with the books that I'm reading and the amazing poems that I'm reading. But I'm also looking at competition as I'm looking on Facebook and I'm seeing the war between <laughs> blouses and hats. And I'm like, I want to be in this. Uh, so even though I'm stepping away from slam, I'm also like, I'm high key considering showing up at I whips. Like I'm a high key considering showing up at Southern fried. 
because I, I live in both these worlds and I respect both these worlds. And for me, not for everybody, there, there's poets who, uh, as C.P. Mays would say, the poet, the poem um, lives on the stage same way it lives on the page. I'm not one of those poets. Like my page poems and my stage poems are, are different because I have different strategies going in. But I definitely have visions of stepping back in the arena and saying, yo, I'm a writer. Mm. Fuck that. Like if you want to come in and say you're the new breed, whatever, because because I don't I don't believe in this. I don't believe in this age thing for, for slam or whatever. Like if you want to say yeah, Jordan, oh. <laughs> if, if you want to say you're 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 one of the best new poets or you're like the best in the world at slam poetry or whatever. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, I bet like challenge accepted. Right. So the, there's part of me that's kind of like, yeah, like make the posts and have the interviews. That's great. But meet me on the stage. Mm. Yeah, like at some point you're going to have to see me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Like I feel that whole energy. Cause you'll sit back and see a lot of talk and talking. You'll be like, all right, right now, I'm just observing until I see the right one say the right thing. And you'd be like, bet that. Um, yeah, I feel that. Oh God, I feel that on so many levels. I feel that on so many. It's, for me, it's like, it's like seeing Mike Tyson train at his age. Yeah. And you're like, yo, first of all, I would not fuck with Mike Tyson. There's no way. Like at first I thought he might've been washed up. But at this point, there's no way I'm still going to try to fight Mike Tyson. Like, Nah. So for you to still be writing and publishing and keeping shit sharp is to say, you know, I I'm falling back from slam. But then one day, <laughs> one day, you and Sharice are just out somewhere. <laughs> and there's a, there's a slam competition in the city you're in. And you're like, you know what? That nigga lives in this city real quick. This motherfucker Let me just <laughs> sign sure, up as Paul Newman. <laughs> Paul Newman. <laughs> and then you hit the stake all up Paul Newman and up walks Jay Ward. They be like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like seeing Mike. Like, yo, you're going to have a sparring. You're going to have a little spar session. With this guy Mitchell O'Connell, like, right, I can fuck Mitchell O'Connell. Next thing you know, it's a gray bearded Mike Tyson walking in the ring. You be like, "Fuck that! I'm out! I'm out!" Yo, but, this, this, yeah. this next part is strictly ego. It's strictly ego. What I said before was was uh, uh, what's it called? Was Eid? Oh. No, no, it was um, <laughs> nerd. It was. <laughs> Yeah, what I, what I said, what I said before was just me speaking objectively. What I'm speaking now is is ego. What I'm speaking now is, I don't think I don't think people hold me in that regard. And there's part of me that's like, there's part of me that just wants to show up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's part of me that's like, oh, you, so you don't respect that I that I won in 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Okay. You don't respect that I came in, I think, six in 2018, and that was because of a time penalty that I chose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, you don't respect that <laughs> that we won the national championship in 2018 on the mm -hmm. team that I was a part of. Mm. Like, bet. But, like, when you have these conversations of, like, like, the best slam poets in the world, and when you have these conversations, I have no issue with the people that you have on your list. I don't. I agree with the people you have on your list wholeheartedly. I could name other people that aren't on your list that could be on that list. However, 
part of the ego in me <laughs> does understand that I'm not on your list and does understand that it might be on site if we on a slam. <laughs> if, we, if we had a slam at the same time, it might be on site. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, coming from, I guess, the old head generation, the younger heads are... You know, this person is amazing and they've done this and they'll they'll go through the accolades of someone else and someone else and da 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 and I'm just like, All right, I get it. I get it. I see. I'm I it's me, it's uh I'm not on your radar. And I and a lot of times I like that. I like not being on your radar. I like the fact that you don't see me coming. I'm the dude uh when you're in a fight with a bunch of people and you're just like I got that guy's not gonna do anybody thing. And I walk across the room and smack you in the face. You're like, I didn't know you were fighting. You were paying attention to everybody else. I've whooped a lot of ass in here. And I was just taking a rest. Um, but yeah, I, I completely understand that. Like just being, I, I don't want to use the word overlooked, but definitely underestimated. And a lot of times people attribute views and yada yada to success in this slam thing because there's one stat that i'm just sitting on just <laughs> sitting on that when it comes to final stages in slam history slam charlotte i think we're what 75 percent will win mm. there's only been one time we didn't win and we came in second place Ooh. Oh, that Every was so, Orleans, right? so. So the idea is, if we get to a nationals and we make it on to a final stage, chances are <laughs> gonna win. We're gonna fucking win. Um, and I can't say that for a Southern Fried stage, but for a Southern Fried stage, the number is still it's very, still high. very high. Yeah, it's still gonna be high. Very fucking high. And per capita of wins on national levels. Slam Charlotte is still very high. Mm. So chances are if you come from uh from from the school of blues and right now I I often say a school of Jay Ward and there was also like you could say a school of Ed Mabry or a school of a Queen Sheba, people who were on this team and on this squad, if you were around in those eras, your chances as an individual poet are also very high because you were you were training with the best. best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the yeah. best. So I watch those conversations and when they don't name a breeze or Jay Ward or shit, even Jordan and or Jasmine Swanigan, AKA Coco flow. I'm like, Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Don't let these people fucking show up at a slam because you're going to think, Oh, I ain't got no problem. Oh, you got a problem. You got a problem. You got a fucking problem. <laughs> That's dope. That's so dope. yeah, the egos, the ego gets very high, but I've learned in my, in my, elderly age <laughs> to just keep quiet and pay attention and watch how shit unfolds because shit's funny man this shit's funny you will see a lot of the same shit happening again and again and people will think it's new or think that they've they've done the one thing that's impossible to do you'd be like mm, well i don't think any other cities had a tie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for number oh, one yeah with number one yeah i don't yeah, I mean, well, yeah. motherfuckers and that's just a testament because, you know, the one dude didn't win it the one year because he was just, he was in his feelings <laughs> and decided to do, and, and decided to be artistic. Don't in the drink moment. me. Don't drink me. <laughs> it just decided, he decided that his emotions and well-being and peace were far better than a competition. But yeah, he, yeah. he also knew well enough that 
I'll just come back next year and win. I'll just come back next year and win the whole fucking thing. So it's 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 stuff like that that also make the mark of a great team, city, and community um, because they can do amazing, awesome things and still be humble about it. Like you could easily be in your bag and talk your shit, like big shit, like this is the shit that I'm doing. But oftentimes you are in such a supportive mode and creative mode and uplifting mode that you don't lift yourself up to a point where it's, it's a, a Mr. Me too. What's the, who's, whose song is that? Uh, from the clips. Remember oh the, yeah. Mr. Yeah, Me yeah, too yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's never that kind of thing for you, but that's dope. Yo, yo, how down would you be? Cause this, cause this is something that could, I have thought about doing this for a while, but it is something that potentially could lose you a lot of friends. Like how <laughs> you know how they do like a top fifty in rap, <laughs> like a top fifty in slam spoken word. Ooh. Like ah, where that's, where would we start? Like <sighs> since it since the beginning, yes, all time, all time. Boy. And then we'd have to consider: do we consider only national wins or? Slam wins, period. I think very similar to when people do their top 50 of all time in rap, it's subjective. So you can apply whatever, you can apply whatever, maybe 50 is too much. Let's do like a top 20. Okay. Right? And and it's subjective. So you can factor in whatever you want to factor in and have five honorable mentions for dope, dope spoken word poets who, j- who don't slam. Mm. Shit. I'm out. <laughs> I can tell you right now that um, it it goes without saying it goes without saying that Buddy Wakefield and Ed Mabry are in that list, right. and it goes without saying that Icon is is in that list, right? Um, yeah. But outside of the three of them, wait, can I say something? Um, hey, Icon, can you reach out to us because we want to interview? Don't do you. a public call out. Don't do that. But I, I, I'll cut this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut this. <laughs> We're making the we're making the editing impossible at this point. <laughs> um, uh, um, you got Andre Gibson, right? Oh well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean the the list did, is. Did Andre ever slam? Mm-hmm. I think they did. They um, won, but most Wops, of their fame I think the second year. Okay, yeah, but most of their fame is outside of slam. But Andre Gibson is on that list for sure, right? So you, you know you've. And you can add in, you got your Rudy Francisco's. And yeah, yeah, Rudy's on that list, no question. Yeah. yeah. And then there's probably some newbies that can that can probably... So is it like, is the order important? Is number one number one? Or you just need to make the list? I mean, I think the only thing that makes the list, the, the top... The only thing that makes the list in hip-hop worth talking about... Is who your number one is. Is who your number one is and, and how disputable it is. Because cause then you're going to be like, you're going to have, <laughs> you're going to have people like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that so-and-so is ahead of me? No. And then you get diss tracks. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on. All right. Listen, just in case this never comes out, I need every listener to know that in 2018, shortly after we won the national championship, we got together and made an album of songs and they weren't diss tracks necessarily, 
Per se. But per se, but some <laughs> of them were diss tracks. We did an <laughs> album worth of diss tracks for y'all. Listen. Yeah, it was an album of microaggression. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Oh, and it needs to be recorded. And it it's be not recorded. been recorded yet. It may still be recorded, but I want y'all to know. It exists. It exists. <laughs> oh, some of y'all are going to be big mad. <laughs> <laughs> So y'all are gonna be big mad, but fuck you. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is that is not it. Pull it up podcast is not saying fuck you to poets out there, but we are saying thank you to all our what two hundred listeners, two hundred. Yeah, hey. we're at like two ten now. Ah shit, um, ladies, don't be afraid to listen to our podcast. <laughs> I think we're still uh-huh. man heavy. <laughs> yeah, we're, boy. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change that soon. Um. Yeah. 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 Have, having icon on the show would be great. Icon also, is an icon. Also, we have listeners in various countries. Ah, shout out these well. countries, Jamal. I'm about to. I'm about to. Do we need to learn the language of the countries that they're in? I feel like that's a that's an appreciative move for us. I, I mean, while you're looking that up, I just want to say that if they if they weren't repeat listeners, I feel like like somebody in the Ukraine was like, ah, poetry. I want to hear the real Robert Frost. You sound real racist right now. It's, I don't know if it's racist. It's as not much racist, as it's but it's, it's terrible. It's, it, it is an ism, and I apologize. But. Um. Yeah, they expected to hear poetry, and they got zero poems. <laughs> zero. <laughs> they got zero poems. Right. We got listeners in Germany, hey. Bavaria, and, and some country I can't. Where's Iceland? Iceland, stand up. <laughs> Iceland's had enough of you. They're like, no. yo, you came in here, you and your lady with that sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Never come back. <laughs> Um, we got uh, listeners in Australia, oh, in Western Australia, good day. U- the Ukraine. All right, yeah. you just uh, said Ukraine, didn't you? Ukraine. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Ki- Kiev city. All right, All right. Kiev. We, Kiev. Yeah, Kiev. And we got listeners in Quebec. Ah, what up, Canada? <laughs> y'all, y'all need to come get toy hey, lanes. <laughs> but wait a minute, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. This is why we like Canada because their A is our A. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you all know <laughs> Did you do the Courtney dad joke? Nah, yeah. just so you all know Jay Ward, I think he's heavy on Knob Creek <laughs> Yeah, I, that Knob Creek, that 120 proof got right. him <laughs> Jamal and I are on uh, Well, Jamal started off with whiskey as he usually does uh, Now he's on yes. a Blue Moon yeah. I've started with Blue Moon And started with uh, Uncle Nearest yep. And of course, if you know me If you're a fan of the show You know I've boilermakered the shit out of this By the end of it So there is a mixing of the uh, liquors Of the alcohols Wait, we got more We got more shout outs to do Here we go Alright, so we're back in the US We have listeners in Florida Hey, yeah. hey. Orlando <laughs> Orlando, Florida <laughs> we got listeners in Tennessee. Uh-huh. All right, I feel like that's Danny. Shout out to Danny. Yeah, yeah. We got listeners in Virginia. Uh-huh. All right, Ohio. Okay, New York. All right, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Wash- yeah, yeah. That I feel like that's Jay Ward. That's all Jay Ward's <laughs> fan base right there. Yeah, Jay Ward is responsible for our Oregon Oregon <laughs> listenership. <laughs> Washington. Yep, that, that too. Jay Ward, yeah. yeah. California, Texas, South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina. I was right. about to say, if we don't have anybody <laughs> in North Carolina, in North Carolina I'm like, you all are dead to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, uh, but yeah. So if you are listening, here's here's the, we don't ask this much, but I think we should. If there's somebody you'd like to see because we are in a COVID quarantine season yeah. and because over here at Pull It Up Podcast, we've been getting upgrades like a mug. <laughs> we can go Zoom, digital, all these kind of things. So if there's somebody you'd like for us to get on the show, uh, shoot us a DM to our Poet Up podcast uh, on our Instagram. Yep. And our email is thepoetuppodcast at gmail.com. Send us suggestions of who you'd like to see. This can be a spoken word poet. It could be a slam poet. It can be a poet who produced your favorite book. It can be somebody you think that we can't get, but trust me, we can we can get them. <laughs> so anybody. 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 Don't put Margaret Thatcher on there. So, like, <laughs> anybody you you want to see, let us know. We we'll. can even get ghosts, son. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got can, a Ouija board, we nigga. Can get <laughs> Oh shit! Oh yes, but yes, we we definitely want your. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to freestyle, man. It's, it's that time. I feel like we've been going for. <laughs> thank y'all again. If we didn't say it, thank you so much for tuning in to Pull It Up Podcast. Yeah, man. We y'all, really y'all are super dope. It. Y'all are super dope. We really <laughs> appreciate it. All right. Yeah, let's get, get to the freestyle session. <laughs> y'all are hilarious when you drink. <laughs> Lose your purse. Oh, are we still recording? Because there's one more thing I'd love to say. Yes. If you are a liquor maker and would love to send us some stuff for us to sample. Yes. Send it to, uh, well, shoot us a DM on our Instagram and or email again is. Thepoetuppodcast at gmail.com. We'll tell you where to send it. We'll sample your stuff. We are uh, uh, liqueur, whiskey, whatever you want, drinking connoisseurs. We'll tell you about your stuff. And beer. We'll take beer. Yeah, we'll take beer. Even though I've never seen Jay Ward drink a beer since we've been recording. I mean, that's true, but I've drunk beer since we've been recording. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's just not here. here. (laughs) That's some bullshit. He said, you guys are a bunch of animals. You won't see me drink beer. (laughs) All right, man. What kind of beat we got today? Oh, so the beat today is from my homeboy, Kevin, that kept me out of jail. In, in oh Myrtle shit! Beach. This is for the unsung hero, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he. This is. I think the beat is called Skyfall. Oh, he nice. sampled. He sampled. Uh, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the Adele version, I think. Ah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what's what's happening today. All right. Oh. Uh, it is the freestyle session. Of Pull It Up Podcast. Hey. Uh, you know, Blues Goes First. Hey, can you turn me up in the headphones, sir? I love saying that as a rapper. Yeah. I just love pretending. Turn me up, son. Nah, now nah, I know why they say it. <laughs> All right. I guess the crazy thing is, when we was kids, we used to kick it, like, way back. Sitting in the way back of a station wagon. I'm not lagging. I'm not going to drag on the story. A different category, yo, when I came up Guarantee you it was to come up mm, Stick them up, yeah, hold your hands up high Yo, to the sky, wave around with the hip-hop sound that's going down Mr. B-L-U-Z's in town, oh yeah, spit it like a Uzi mm, Shit, something wet like your jacuzzi 
I think that's misogynistic if I'm talking about another bitch Oops, didn't mean to say the word bitch But here it is, yo Shout out to all my wife and my kids I said all my wife like I got more than one <laughs> I'm passing off, I'm passing off <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh boy! Yo, I wait for the chorus to. Yeah, as well. So you got eight bars. Well, six now. Yeah. It sounds like the songs I can get my feeling with. This shit is hot. Yeah, it is. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Wait. But yo, hey yo, I'm in my feelings with this knob creek. And I ain't Drake, but I'm not meek Yo, I can take it to the furthest extent And I can rhyme every time and spark it Just like Flint in the flame burn And you can feel all the embers Jamal got a shirt, says a night to remember A night to remember, that's tonight, get it right Yeah, the fire's burning, you can see it by the light Yeah, the fire's burning, I can burn up a flame Yeah, guaranteed the rappers know my name Yeah, Yellowstone coming just the same You thought I was gone, nah, nigga, you lame I'm coming out around the corner Creeping. Yeah, what was you speaking before? You didn't think I had a knife? I'm like Jamal, I'm prepared for the fight. Cut him tonight. This is the second time he's got ultraviolence. <laughs> Shit. Let's go, Jamal. Alright, I'm not fucking up today. Do it. Probably. Shit. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna wait till the chorus. I got a minute and a half. I mean, a minute and five seconds. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh shit! Fucked up. Damn, they playing. Okay, here we go. Take a sip, take a sip, there you go. Clear your throat. <laughs> I'm not a poet or a rapper, just a nigga after. Fuck, I lost my chapter. But the worth, oh shit, fuck it, damn it, it's earth. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. Third ride from the sun. <laughs> oh, shit. shit. I'm out. These niggas can't get it. Just listen to the beat. <laughs> that beat's dope, though. That beat's incredible.